0: A Legend of Brittany by James Russell Lowell Read for LibriVox.org by John Burlinson Part First Fair as a summer's dream was Margaret, Such dream as in a poet's soul might start, Musing of old loves while the moon doth set. Her hair was not more sunny than her heart, though like a natural golden coronet it circled her dear head with careless art mocking the sunshine that would fain have lent to its frank grace a richer ornament his loved one's eyes could poet ever speak so kind so dewy and so deep were hers but while he strives the choicest phrase too weak their glad reflection in his spirit blurs as one may see a dream dissolve and break out of his grasp when he to tell it stirs like that sad dryad doomed no more to bless the mortal who revealed her loveliness she dwelt forever in a region bright peopled with living fancies of her own where. Nought could come but visions of delight far far aloof from earth's eternal moan a summer cloud thrilled through with rosy light floating beneath the blue sky all alone her spirit wandered by itself and won a golden edge from some unsetting sun THE HEART GROWS RICHER THAT ITS LOT IS POOR. GOD BLESSES WANT WITH LARGER SYMPATHIES. LOVE ENTERS GLADLIEST AT THE HUMBLE DOOR, AND MAKES THE COT A PALACE WITH HIS EYES. SO MARGARET'S HEART A SOFTER BEAUTY WORE, AND GREW IN GENTLENESS AND PATIENCE WISE, FOR SHE WAS BUT A SIMPLE HERDSMAN'S CHILD, a lily chance sown in the rugged wild there was no beauty of the wood or field but she its fragrant bosom secret knew nor any but to her would freely yield some grace that in her soul took root and grew nature to her glowed ever new revealed all rosy fresh with innocent morning dew and looked into her heart with dim sweet eyes that left it full of sylvan memories oh what a face was hers to brighten light and give back sunshine with an added glow to while each moment with a fresh delight and part of memory's best contentment grow oh how her voice as with an inmate's right into the strangest heart would welcome go and make it sweet and ready to become of white and gracious thoughts the chosen home none looked upon her but he straightway thought of all the greenest depths of country cheer and into each one's heart was freshly brought what was to him the sweetest time of year so was her every look and motion fraught with out-of-door delights and forest leer not the first violet on a woodland lea seemed more visible gift of spring than she is love learned only out of poets books is there not somewhat in the dropping flood and in the nunneries of silent nooks and in the murmured longing of the wood that could make margaret dream of love-lorn looks and stir a thrilling mystery in her blood more trembly secret than aurora's tear shed in the bosom of an eglatier full many a sweet forewarning hath the mind full many a whispering of vague desire ere comes the nature destined to unbind its virgin zone and all its deeps inspire low stirrings in the leaves before the wind wakes all the green strings of the forest lyre faint heatings in the calyx ere the rose its warm voluptuous breast doth all unclothes. Long in its dim recesses pines the spirit, wildered and dark, despairingly alone, though many a shape of beauty wander near it, and many a wild and half-remembered tone tremble from the divine abyss to cheer it. Yet, still it knows that there is only one before whom it can kneel and tribute bring at once a happy vassal and a king to feel a want yet scarce know what it is to seek one nature that is always new whose glance is warmer than another's kiss whom we can bear our inmost beauty to nor feel deserted afterwards for this but with our destined co-mate we can do such longing instinct fills the mighty scope of the young soul with one mysterious hope so margaret's heart grew brimming with the lore of love's enticing secrets and although she had found none to cast it down before yet off to fancy's chapel she would go to pay her vows and count the rosary o'er of her love's promised graces haply so miranda's hope had pictured ferdinand long ere the gaunt wave tossed him on the strand a new-made star that swims the lonely gloom unwedded yet and longing for the sun Whose beams the bride gifts of the lavish groom Blithely to crown the virgin planet run. Her being was watching to see the bloom Of love's fresh sunrise roofing one by one Its clouds with gold, a triumph arch to be For him who came to hold her heart in fee not far from margaret's cottage dwelt a knight of the proud templars a sworn celibate whose heart in secret fed upon the light and dew of her ripe beauty through the grate of his close vow catching what gleams he might of the free heaven and cursing all too late the cruel faith whose black walls hemmed him in and turned life's crowning bliss to deadly sin for he had met her in the wood by chance and having drunk her beauty's wildering spell his heart shook like the pennon of a lance that quivers in a breeze's sudden swell and thenceforth in a close enfolded trance from mistily golden deep to deep he fell, Till earth did waver and fade far away Beneath the hope in whose warm arms he lay. A dark, proud man he was, Whose half-blown youth had shed its blossoms Even in opening, Leaving a few that with more winning ruth Trembling around grave manhood's stem might cling, More sad than cheery, making in good sooth, Like the fringed gentian, a late autumn spring, A twilight nature, braided light and gloom, A youth half-smiling by an open tomb, Fair as an angel, who yet inly wore a wrinkled heart, foreboding his near fall. Who saw him always wished to know him more, as if he were some fate's defiant thrall, and nursed a dreaded secret at its core. Little he loved, but power most of all, and that he seemed to scorn, as one who knew by what foul paths men choose to crawl thereto he had been noble but some great deceit had turned his better instinct to a vice he strove to think the world was all a cheat that power and fame were cheap at any price that the sure way of being shortly great was even to play life's game with loaded dice since he had tried the honest play, and found that vice and virtue differed but in sound. Yet Margaret's sight redeemed him for a space from his own thraldom. Man could never be a hypocrite when first such maiden grace smiled in upon his heart. The agony of wearing all day long a lying face fell lightly from him, and, a moment free, erect with wakened faith his spirit stood and scorned the weakness of its demon mood. Like a sweet wind-harp to him was her thought, which would not let the common air come near till from its dim enchantment it had caught a musical tenderness that brimmed his ear with sweetness more ethereal than aught save silver-drooping snatches that will rained down from some sad angel's faithful harp to cool her fallen lover's anguish sharp deep in the forest was a little dell high overarched with the leafy sweep of a broad oak through whose gnarled roots there fell a slender rill that sung itself asleep where its continuous toil had scooped a well to please the fairy folk breathlessly deep the stillness was save when the dreaming brook from its small urn a drizzly murmur shook. The wooded hills sloped upward all around, with gradual rise, and made an even rim, so that it seemed a mighty cask unbound from some huge titan's brow to lighten him, ages ago, and left upon the ground where the slow soil had mossed it to the brim till after countless centuries it grew into this dell the haunt of noontide dew dim vistas sprinkled o'er with sun-flecked green wound through the thickest trunks on every side and toward the west in fancy might be seen a gothic window in its blazing pride when the low sun two arching elms between lit up the leaves beyond which autumn dyed with lavish hues would into splendour start shaming the laboured pains of richest art here leaning once against the old oak's trunk mordred for such was the young templar's name saw margaret come unseen the falcon shrunk from the meek dove sharp thrills of tingling flame made him forget that he was vowed a monk and all the outworks of his pride o'ercame flooded he seemed with bright delicious pain as if a star had burst within his brain such power hath beauty and frank innocence a flower bloomed forth that sunshine glad to bless even from his love's long leafless stem the sense of exile from hope's happy realm grew less and thoughts of childish peace he knew not whence Thronged round his heart with many an old caress, Melting the frost there into pearly dew That mirrored back his nature's morning blue. She turned and saw him, but she felt no dread. Her purity, like adamantine mail, did so encircle her, And yet her head she drooped and made her golden hair her veil through which a glow of rosiest lustre spread then faded and anon she stood all pale as snow o'er which a blush of northern light suddenly reddens and as soon grows white she thought of tristram and of lancelot of all her dreams and of kind fairies might, and how that dell was deemed a haunted spot, until there grew a mist before her sight, and where the present was she half forgot, borne backward through the realms of old delight. Then, starting up awake, she would have gone, yet almost wished it might not be alone how they went home together through the wood, and how all life seemed focused into one thought-dazzling spot that set ablaze the blood, what need to tell? Fit language there is none for the heart's deepest things who ever wooed as in his boyish hope he would have done. For when the soul is fullest, the hushed tongue voicelessly trembles like a lute unstrung. But all things carry the heart's messages, and know it not, nor doth the heart well know, but nature hath her will, even as the bees, blithe go-betweens, fly singing to and fro with the fruit-quickening pollen hard if these found not some all unthought-of way to show their secret each to each and so they did and one heart's flower-dust into the other slid young hearts are free the selfish world it is that turns them miserly and cold as stone and makes them clutch their fingers on the bliss which but in giving truly is their own she had no dreams of barter asked not his but gave hers freely as she would have thrown a rose to him or as that rose gives forth its generous fragrance thoughtless of its worth her summer nature felt a need to bless and a like longing to be blessed again so, from her sky-like spirit, Gentleness dropped over like a sunlit fall of rain, And his beneath drank in the bright caress As thirstily as would a parched plain, That long hath watched the showers of sloping grey Forever, ever, falling far away. How should she dream of ill? The heart filled quite with sunshine, like the shepherd's clock at noon, closes its leaves around its warm delight. Whate'er in life is harsh or out of tune is all shut out. No boding shade of light can pierce the opiate ether of its swoon. Love is but blind as thoughtful justice is but naught can be so wanton blind as bliss all beauty and all life he was to her she questioned not his love she only knew that she loved him and not a pulse could stir in her whole frame but quivered through and through with this glad thought and was a minister to do him fealty and service true like golden ripples hasting to the land to wreck their freight of sunshine on the strand o dewy dawn of love o hopes that are hung high like the cliff swallow's perilous nest most like to fall when fullest and that jar with every heavier billow O oh, unrest than balmiest deeps of quiet sweeter far! How did ye triumph now in Margaret's breast, Making it readier to shrink and start Than quivering gold of the pond lily's heart? Here let us pause. O oh, would the soul might ever achieve its immortality in youth! WHEN NOTHING YET HATH DAMPED ITS HIGH ENDEAVOR AFTER THE STARRY ENERGY OF TRUTH. HERE LET US PAUSE, AND FOR A MOMENT SEVER THIS GLEAM OF SUNSHINE FROM THE DAYS UNRUTH THAT SOMETIME COME TO ALL, FOR IT IS GOOD TO LENGTHEN TO THE LAST A SUNNY MOOD. PART SECOND as one who from the sunshine and the green enters the solid darkness of a cave nor knows what precipice or pit unseen may yawn before him with its sudden grave and with hushed breath doth often forward lean dreaming he hears the plashing of a wave dimly below or feels a damper air from out some dreary chasm he knows not where so from the sunshine and the green of love we enter on our story's darker part and though the horror of it may well move an impulsive repugnance in the heart yet let us think that as there's naught above the all-embracing atmosphere of art so also there is naught that falls below her generous reach, Though grimed with guilt and woe. Her fittest triumph is to show that good Lurks in the heart of evil evermore, That love, though scorned and outcast and withstood, Can without end forgive and yet have store, god's love and man's are of the self same blood and he can see that always at the door of foulest hearts the angel nature yet knocks to return and cancel all its debt it ever is weak falsehood's destiny that her thick mask turns crystal to let through the unsuspicious eyes of honesty. But Margaret's heart was too sincere and true, aught but plain truth and faithfulness to see, and Mordred's, for a time, a little grew to be like hers, won by the mild reproof of those kind eyes that kept all doubt aloof. full oft they met as dawn and twilight meet in northern climes she full of growing day as he of darkness which before her feet shrank gradual and faded quite away soon to return for power had made love sweet to him and when his will had gained full sway the taste began to pall for never power can sate the hungry soul beyond an hour. He fell as doth the tempter ever fall, Even in the gaining of his loathsome end. God does not work as man works, But makes all the crooked paths of ill to goodness tend. Let him judge, Margaret, if to be the thrall of love and faith too generous to defend its very life from him she loved be sin what hope of grace may the seducer win grim-hearted world that look'st with levite eyes on those poor fallen by too much faith in man she that upon thy freezing threshold lies starved to more sinning by thy savage ban. Seeking that refuge because foulest vice, more godlike than thy virtue is, whose span shuts out the wretched only, is more free to enter heaven than thou wilt ever be. Thou wilt not let her wash thy dainty feet with such salt things as tears, or with rude hair dry them, soft Pharisee, that sits at meat with him who made her such, And speakst him fair, Leaving God's wandering lamb the while To bleat unheeded, shivering in the pitiless air. Thou hast made prisoned virtue show more wan and haggard Than a vice to look upon. Now many months flew by, and weary grew to Margaret, the sight of happy things blight fell on all her flowers instead of dew shut round her heart were now the joyous wings wherewith it wont to soar yet not untrue though tempted much her woman's nature clings to its first pure belief and with sad eyes looks backward o'er the gate of paradise and so, though altered Mordred came less oft, And winter frowned where spring had laughed before In his strange eyes, Yet half her sadness doffed, And in her silent patience loved him more. Sorrow had made her soft heart yet more soft, And a new life within her own she bore, Which made her tenderer, AS SHE FELT IT MOVE BENEATH HER BREAST, A REFUGE FOR HER LOVE. THIS BABE, SHE THOUGHT, WOULD SURELY BRING HIM BACK, AND BE A BOND FOREVER them BETWEEN. BEFORE ITS EYES THE SULLEN TEMPEST-RACK WOULD FADE, AND LEAVE THE FACE OF HEAVEN SERENE. AND LOVE'S RETURN DOTH MORE THAN FILL THE LACK, WHICH IN HIS ABSENCE, WITHERED THE HEART'S GREEN, AND YET A DIM FOREBODING STILL WOULD FLIT BETWEEN HER AND HER HOPE TO darken IT. SHE COULD NOT FIGURE FORTH A HAPPY FATE, EVEN FOR THIS LIFE FROM HEAVEN SO NEWLY COME. THE EARTH MUST NEEDS BE DOUBLY DESOLATE TO HIM SCARCE PARTED FROM A FAIRER HOME such boding heavier on her bosom sat one night as standing in the twilight gloam she strained her eyes beyond that dizzy verge at whose foot faintly breaks the future's surge poor little spirit naught but shame and woe nurse the sick heart whose life-blood nurses thine yet not those only Love hath triumphed so, As for thy sake makes sorrow more divine. And yet, though thou be pure, The world is foe to purity, If born in such a shrine, And, having trampled it for struggling thence, Smiles to itself and calls it providence. As thus she mused, A shadow seemed to rise from out her thought, and turn to dreariness all blissful hopes and sunny memories and the quick blood doth curdle up and press about her heart which seemed to shut its eyes and hush itself as who with shuddering guess harks through the gloom and dreads e'en now to feel through his hot breast the icy slide of steel but at the heartbeat, while in dread she was, In the low wind the honeysuckles gleam, A dewy thrill flits through the heavy grass, And, looking forth, she saw, as in a dream, Within a wood, the moonlight's shadowy mass. Night's starry heart yearning to hers doth seem, And the deep sky, full-hearted with the moon, folds round her all the happiness of june what fear could face a heaven and earth like this what silveryest cloud could hang neath such a sky a tide of wondrous and unwonted bliss rolls back through all her pulses suddenly as if some seraph who had learned to kiss from the fair daughters of the world gone by HAD WEDDED SO HIS FALLEN LIGHT WITH HERS, SUCH SWEET, STRANGE JOY THROUGH SOUL AND BODY STIRS. NOW SEEK WE MORDRED, HE WHO DID NOT FEAR THE CRIME, YET FEARS THE LATENT CONSEQUENCE. IF IT SHOULD REACH A BROTHER TEMPLAR'S EAR, it haply might be made a good pretense to cheat him of the hope he held most dear, for he had spared no thoughts or deeds expense that, by and by, might help his wish to clip its darling bride, the high grand mastership. The apathy, ere a crime resolved is done, is scarce less dreadful than remorse for crime. By no allurement can the soul be won from brooding o'er the weary creep of time. Mordred stole forth into the happy sun, striving to hum a scrap of Breton rhyme, but the sky struck him speechless, and he tried in vain to summon up his callous pride in the courtyard a fountain leaped all way a triton blowing jewels through his shell into the sunshine mordred turned away weary because the stone face did not tell of weariness nor could he bear to-day heart-sick to hear the patient sink and swell of winds among the leaves or golden bees drowsily humming in the orange trees all happy sights and sounds now came to him like a reproach he wandered far and wide following the lead of his unquiet whim but still there went a something at his side that made the cool breeze hot the sunshine dim it would not flee it could not be defied. He could not see it, but he felt it there, By the damp chill that crept among his hair. Day wore at last. The evening star arose, And throbbing in the sky grew red and set. Then, with a guilty, wavering step, He goes to the hid nook, where they so oft had met in happier season, for his heart well knows that he is sure to find poor Margaret watching and waiting there with love-lorn breast around her young dream's rudely scattered nest. Why follow here that grim old chronicle which counts the dagger-strokes and drops of blood? Enough that Margaret by his mad steel fell, Unmoved by murder from her trusting mood. Smiling on him as heaven smiles on hell, With a sad love, remembering when he stood, Not fallen yet, the unsealer of her heart, Of all her holy dreams, the holiest part his crime complete scarce knowing what he did so goes the tale beneath the altar there in the high church the stiffening corpse he hid and then to scape that suffocating air like a scared ghoul out of the porch he slid but his strained eyes saw blood spots everywhere AND GHASTLY FACES THRUST THEMSELVES BETWEEN HIS SOUL AND HOPES OF PEACE WITH BLASTING mien. HIS HEART WENT OUT WITHIN HIM LIKE A SPARK DROPPED IN THE SEA. WHEREVER HE MADE BOLD TO TURN HIS EYES, HE SAW, ALL STIFF AND STARK, PALE MARGARET LYING DEAD the lavish gold of her loose hair seemed in the cloudy dark to spread a glory and a thousand-fold more strangely pale and beautiful she grew her silence stabbed his conscience through and through Or visions of past days a mother's eyes that smiled down on the fair boy at her knee whose happy upturned face to hers replies he saw sometimes or margaret mournfully gazed on him full of doubt as one who tries to crush belief that does love injury then she would wring her hands but soon again love's patience glimmered out through cloudy pain meanwhile he dared not go and steal away the silent dead cold witness of his sin he had not feared the life but that dull clay those open eyes that showed the death within would surely stare him mad yet all the day a dreadful impulse whence his will could win no refuge made him linger in the aisle freezing with his wan look each greeting smile now on the second day there was to be a festival in church from far and near came flocking in the sunburnt peasantry and knights and dames with stately antique cheer blazing with pomp as if all fairy had emptied her quaint halls or as it were THE ILLUMINATED MARGE OF SOME OLD BOOK, WHILE WE WERE GAZING, LIFE AND MOTION TOOK. WHEN ALL WERE ENTERED, AND THE ROVING EYES OF ALL WERE STAYED, SOME UPON FACES BRIGHT, SOME ON THE PRIESTS, SOME ON THE TRACERIES THAT DECKED THE SLUMBER OF A MARBLE NIGHT, AND ALL THE RUSTLINGS OVER THAT ARISE FROM RECOGNIZING TOKENS OF DELIGHT, when friendly glances meet, Then silent ease Spread o'er the multitude By slow degrees. Then swelled the organ, Up through choir and nave, The music trembled With an inward thrill of bliss At its own grandeur. Wave on wave Its flood of mellow thunder rose Until the hushed air Shivered with the throb it gave then poising for a moment it stood still and sank and rose again to burst in spray that wandered into silence far away like to a mighty heart. the music seemed that yearns with melodies it cannot speak until in grand despair of what it dreamed in the agony of effort it doth break yet triumphs breaking on it rushed and streamed and wantoned in its might as when a lake long pent among the mountains bursts its walls and in one crowding gush leaps forth and falls deeper and deeper shudders shook the air as the huge bass kept gathering heavily like thunder when it rouses in its lair and with its hoarse growl shakes the low-hung sky it grew up like a darkness everywhere filling the vast cathedral suddenly from the dense mass a boy's clear treble broke like lightning and the full-toned choir awoke through gorgeous windows shone the sun aslant brimming the church with gold and purple mist Meet atmosphere to bosom that rich chant, Where fifty voices in one strand Did twist their very colored tones, And left no want to the delighted soul Which sank abyssed in the warm music cloud, While, far below, the organ heaved its surges To and fro. As if a lark should suddenly drop dead while the blue air yet trembled with its song, so snapped at once that music's golden thread, struck by a nameless fear that leapt along from heart to heart, and like a shadow spread with instantaneous shiver through the throng, so that some glanced behind as half aware a hideous shape of dread was standing there, as when a crowd of pale men gather round, watching an eddy in the leaden deep, from which they deem the body of one drowned will be cast forth, from face to face doth creep an eager dread that holds all tongues fast bound, until the horror, with a ghastly leap, starts up, its dead blue arms stretched aimlessly, heaved with the swinging of the careless sea so in the faces of all these there grew as by one impulse a dark freezing awe which with a fearful fascination drew all eyes toward the altar damp and raw the air grew suddenly AND NO MAN KNEW WHETHER PERCHANCE HIS SILENT NEIGHBOUR SAW THE DREADFUL THING WHICH ALL WERE SURE WOULD RISE TO SCARE THE STRAINED LIDS WIDER FROM THEIR EYES. THE INCENSE TREMBLED AS IT UPWARDS SENT ITS SLOW UNCERTAIN THREAD OF WANDERING BLUE, AS TWERE THE ONLY LIVING ELEMENT IN ALL THE CHURCH. So deep the stillness grew. It seemed one might have heard it, as it went, give out an audible rustle, curling through the midnight silence of that awe struck air, more hushed than death, though so much life was there. Nothing they saw. BUT A LOW VOICE WAS HEARD, THREADING THE ominous SILENCE OF THAT FEAR, GENTLE AND TERRORLESS, AS IF A BIRD, WAKENED BY SOME VOLCANO'S GLARE, SHOULD CHEER THE murky AIR WITH HIS SONG. YET EVERY WORD IN THE CATHEDRAL'S FARTHEST ARCH SEEMED NEAR, AS IF IT SPOKE TO EVERY ONE APART, LIKE THE CLEAR VOICE OF CONSCIENCE IN EACH HEART. O oh, REST, TO WEARY HEARTS THOU ART MOST DEAR. O oh, SILENCE, AFTER LIFE'S BEWILDERING DIN, THOU ART MOST WELCOME, WHETHER IN THE sere DAYS OF OUR AGE THOU COMEST, OR WE WIN THE POPPY WREATH IN YOUTH. THEN WHEREFORE HERE LINGER I YET, once free to enter in at that wished gate Which gentle death doth ope, Into the boundless realm of strength and hope? Think not in death my love could ever cease. If thou wast false, more need there is for me Still to be true, that slumber were not peace If t'were unvisited with dreams of thee and thou hast never heard such words as these save that in heaven i must be most comfortless and wretched seeing this our unbaptized babe shut out from bliss this little spirit with imploring eyes wanders alone the dreary wild of space the shadow of his pain forever lies upon my soul in this new dwelling place his loneliness makes me in paradise more lonely and unless i see his face even here for grief could i lie down and die save for my curse of immortality world after world he sees around him swim crowded with happy souls that take no heed of the sad eyes that from the night's faint rim gaze sick with longing on them as they speed with golden gates that only shut out him and shapes sometimes from hell's abysses freed flap darkly by him with enormous sweep of wings that roughen wide the pitchy deep i am a mother Spirits do not shake this much of earth from them, And I must pine till I can feel his little hands, And take his weary head upon this heart of mine. And, might it be, full gladly for his sake, Would I this solitude of bliss resign, And be shut out of heaven to dwell with him Forever in that silence rare and dim. I strove to hush my soul, And would not speak at first. For thy dear sake, A woman's love is mighty, But a mother's heart is weak, And by its weakness overcomes. I strove to smother bitter thoughts With patience meek, But still in the abyss my soul would rove Seeking my child. AND DROVE ME HERE TO CLAIM THE RIGHT THAT GIVES HIM PEACE IN CHRIST'S DEAR NAME. I SIT AND WEEP WHILE BLESSED SPIRITS SING. I CAN BUT LONG AND PINE the WHILE THEY PRAISE. AND, LEANING O'ER THE WALL OF HEAVEN, I FLING MY VOICE TO WHERE I DEEM MY INFANT STRAYS like a robbed bird that cries in vain to bring her nestlings back beneath her wings' embrace. But still he answers not, and I but know that heaven and earth are both alike in woe. Then the pale priests, with ceremony due, baptize the child within its dreadful tomb beneath that mother's heart, whose instinct true star-like had battled down the triple gloom of sorrow love and death young maidens too strewed the pale corpse with many a milk-white bloom and parted the bright hair and on the breast crossed the unconscious hands in sign of rest some said that when the priest had sprinkled o'er the consecrated drops they seemed to hear a sigh as of some heart from travail sore released and then two voices singing clear miseriatur deus more and more fading far upward and their ghastly fear fell from them with that sound, as bodies fall from souls upspringing to celestial hall. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.